but it's happening. <laughs> Shit is happening. All right, Dan. Adair. You have been sorely lacking on the uh, the film experience the last month, which is why there has not been a podcast. Really the last six weeks, honestly. Um, but also like the holidays. We've had the holidays. The Christmas special and family and... Yeah, if you haven't listened to yeah. the Christmas special, stop, collaborate, and yeah. listen to the Christmas special. Uh, yeah, what the hell? Listen to the uh, Christmas special, you jabroni. Dan is amazing... He can do a great Guido dialect as Joseph. And uh, if you like me at all, which you don't, I know. <laughs> um, but I play an insane innkeeper and also a, a wise man. There we go. So um, a, that's my, my subtle plug to go and uh, to go and listen to that. It's the one right before this. It's on your yeah. phone. Yeah, yeah, guys. Like, like, just if you've subscribed, just go back one episode. We're gonna, we're gonna do a a, a Spider Verse uh, review. Maybe we'll talk about another episode that will come soon. That I'm gonna mm-hmm. throw Dan under the bus and just do be it. like, we're doing it. We are gonna do next when the new year comes. We're gonna do our best and worst of the new year. We're going to do best things that we've read, uh, read, listened to, watched for the writing, the worst things, the things we want to change desperately. Last year, if you don't remember, it was The Last Jedi was our, was both of our uh, winner for the thing we wanted to rewrite. So let's find out what that is. So tune into the next episode. Dan, I have committed you to it, unless you edit this out, in which case, never mind. <laughs> um, I'm committed. Uh, no, I I mean you've been committed. Uh and I just watched Aquaman like 5 seconds ago. And so maybe maybe we'll talk about that later. Uh yeah. maybe we will, maybe we won't. Um but I am going to make us do recommendations at the end of this episode which what, we haven't what? done for a bit. And yeah, so it's been a think second. about that. It's been a second. Uh, think about that. Okay, I'm thinking about it. It's in my head. Good deal. But let's uh, let's go. Let's talk about Into the Spider-Verse. Dan, let's acknowledge you are more the comic book aficionado than I. And I, I fully admit to that. I love them, but not to the level you do. So I feel like I'm going to give, I'm going to take this mantle. Hold on, I got to, I got to get it off the wall. And here's the mantle. That was a great sound effect. Excellent Foley work, Adair. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I work really hard on things. This is what I said when I warned you. I'm like, I'm punchy. I am like Woody Allen in Annie Hall right now. It's ridiculous. Problematic in 30 years? Yeah, like that turquoise (laughs) ring you got on your hand. It is problematic in 30 years. It's problematic (laughs) now. Um, Yeah, uh, so Spider-Verse is one of these things that from the the first concept, I was like, okay, I can... I can jive. I like the creative team. I like what I like what I'm hearing. Lord and Miller, and, man. Lord and, and Miller. And then the, the first sheets. trailer comes, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm on board. I'm on board. And then the second trailer comes, and I'm like, shut up and give it to me. I want it right now. And That's then what she said. it comes out, and through a series of inexplicable personal events, and not being of enough relevance or fame to get screeners or invitation to early showings, I found myself not seeing spider-verse until about two days ago and you were tortured Um, by me who saw it and was like dude dude 
See it now. See it. See it. Well, and I think the thing that was shitty for me was everyone's seen it. <laughs> like all of my all of my my nerd core people and it was an inexplicable thing. Like people would text me assuming I'd just seen it. And I was like, Be like hey, I remember yet. that thing. <laughs> yeah. So imagine my delight when I went to a newly restored movie palace from the nineteen twenties with only about ten other people in the theater and watched this glorious movie with no obstructions, no little kids, no so much better than my crimes of Grindelwald experience, but just because Nobody it wasn't, around. you weren't seeing friends with Grindelwald. I don't know what, it, like, air escaped between my front two teeth just then. The timing was really great. I really the hope crimes. the audio picked up the crimes of Grindelwald. And then it just was like, squeak. I'm like, oh. That should be, that should be the, it should be the crimes of Grindelwald. <laughs> Nagini's Revenge. So from, from the, from the opening logos, when things uh, were glitching out. And changing your verses, I and then they the did, the, and then they did the dot technique that they so, used. I do have a question for you because yeah. my comic book guys were not ready. Like I knew, I knew what it was. I knew mm-hmm. what it was going to be. I knew there was going to be a dot art uh, focus. Right. But I would say it took me about five minutes to like focus. Right. Did, and there did, are parts. Was, was it was that for you? Was like with the extreme action sequences? Was that a hard? Was that difficult for you, or was that easy? I'm curious about this. Um. So there is, there there are moments that it was it was challenging, mm-hmm. but it's more in in the background of things. It gives it like you're watching a 3D movie. Yeah. But in, uh, without the glasses, it was more in the background versus foreground that it was ever challenging for me. But I felt the the titles did a really good job of bringing you into that sort of stylization and that sort of coloring. And while the while the backgrounds versus the live models had a slight discrepancy, they flowed together so well that it didn't it didn't take me that long to adjust. It only took me through the first little bit of Spider Man doing his comic book origin bit. Um, before I was like, oh, Here's okay. the last I'm, time. I'm here. Yeah. That was such a good motif. And if... I loved that I they did God, it like it six just, times. <laughs> it just dethroned Bumblebee for number three this weekend after he dropping to number four last week. having a hell of a week. Yeah, right? Spider-Verse is up 15%. It's but she's box like, office didn't you drop know, whatever. I got, I got a lot of horses uh, in this race right now. I think this, uh, this one of... All the movies that are out right now, they're all vying to be this year's Jumanji or this year's Greatest Showman, like having a long run. Why is that and a I good thing? I think Spider-Verse thing? has the best shot to to do that in the long run, just from this weekend alone, ticking back up to number three like it has. I think it, it can hold steady for a long time. But regardless, the stylization pulled me in immediately. And I knew, I'd say within about... Within about 15 minutes, I was like, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. And then about an, uh, 45 minutes to an hour into this movie, I was like, this was this was made for me. <laughs> this was made the for me. The running sequence from the school to his uncle's house was yeah. what sold me. 
Mm-hmm. Like that was it. Like I was like, I'm I'm in this. I'm in this a hundred percent. And yeah. I think this was my expression like almost the entire movie. <sighs> yeah, sheer delight. I was sheer so delight. happy. Like it was so good. Like and the the voice acting was ridiculously good. Like the what I love about animation for the thing that the Marvel and DC cinematic universes can't quite capture sometimes is that just that level of disbelief because mm-hmm. they have to make it kind of real. They have to bring it. Uh, and Miles's uh, final, final suit, just Perfection. perfect. Well, and I think, and the creators have said this already, but I think, you know, they succeeded in making a comic book movie. This is a mm-hmm. moving comic book, not a superhero movie, but a comic book movie. This is oh yeah. This captures the experience of reading a comic, like when he gets his powers and the and his sticky shoes and stuff. Like yeah, that whole yep. thing. It mm-hmm. it felt so much like reading the comic, and I loved it. And then they like alluded to that, and they were like, oh yeah, that whole that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. I I need to see it again. I saw it once. I saw it like two weeks ago, I guess, and it was so good and made me so happy. And now I need to see it again. So Adair, who was your favorite Spider-Man? Spider-Ham. The name's Peter Porker. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I loved, I loved a lot of it. Like, honestly, I think Chris Pine being... That generation, or sorry, that universe's uh, Spider-Man was so great. I know we've discussed this already. It was infuriating to me. Like, I'm like, I can't, I can't place the voice. I know this voice. It's so close to Jake Johnson's. I did not recognize, like, how close their inflections were until they did that. It was beautiful how they did it. Um, And how they switched it out on the trailer. Like, he recorded that same... First yeah. voiceover, Jake Johnson did. Uh, for they them didn't to spoil use in the trailer. it with the trailer. They yep. didn't spoil it, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say I I love John Mulaney. The fact, and maybe it's just because it it reminds me of my best friend, and so it just is like seeing my best friend in a movie, and I get really excited, and I'm like, oh, good for Dan, he did someday, something, someday. yay. But uh, no, I just love it because they're like all talking about their challenge. He's like, the name's Peter Porker. I'm a reporter. Like, I just love how he just like, he totally changes up the scene. But uh, honestly, I would say Gwen. Yeah. I, she was my favorite. I loved how she landed on point. Mm-hmm. I loved that she ended, I love that she ended up in the, in Miles' uh, like, his version of the, the Spider-Verse. Uh, a little bit earlier, and so it like kind of alludes to everything. I, I think Haley Steinfeld is a really has just a really great voice. I've always thought that. I loved her in True Grit. I would um, like her to do more voice work after this. Yeah, me too. And the thing is, I think she she does a good with comedic work and with those lighter things. But I, it reminded me because her character is so serious throughout most of the film that uh, just really when I fell in love with her was when she did True Grit. Like, that's got yeah. her, like, the Oscar nom and everything. And uh, I would like to see her back doing those things because she is a talent, and I think she, you know, 
there's that search for mass appeal when you're a young woman and she she like Anna Paquin kind of she had a very similar rise in that way and trying to find her role and then Anna Paquin I think kind of settled on realizing serious work was her bread and butter ultimately Mm -hmm. and I and you know did the franchises and stuff with uh, being rogue but I I see her taking a similar taking a similar step and I think the Pitch Perfect movies were, were good in that she was was into being a singer. But uh, I, I think she, I, acting's where it's at for her. I think she's really, she's stellar. What about you, Dan? Who's your favorite Spider-Man? Um, I have to say that my favorite Spider-Man was the Jake Johnson, Peter B. Parker. Um, mm-hmm. When they, when we saw the, OG Peter Parker die and he was blonde I was like are they doing the clone saga is he really the clone version um and then I was like no turn your turn your brain off it can't even it can't be that nerdy (laughs) it can't be that deep they're gonna be nerdy but like come on dude (laughs) but not that nerdy um it uh it was great to see a sort of over the hill spider-man taking on a new generation in a in a really earnest like decent teacher kind of way like he was not his whole reluctance to teach miles was very short-lived very very short-lived which you know there needed to be a little like you know the i work alone mentality and especially because spider-man's not a he's not a sidekick kind of guy he's not a mentor spider-man has been mentored for so long we've seen him have an origin story with Uncle Ben or be mentored by Iron Man or whatever. Like cinematically, he's always been taught. Have a texting relationship with Happy. Yeah. Exactly. I gotcha. Um, But to see an adult Spider-Man, which we've seen in the 90s animated series and Spider-Man Unlimited. and But even in the more current animated stuff, they always make spider-man young while in the comics he has got to grow up they have allowed him to become an adult a young adult you know they usually pitch him about late 20s early 30s but i like seeing adult spider-man with a tech background who's done being a reporter similar to the ps4 game that came out like i like that angle of Mm spider-man i don't need to see him mentored anymore i don't need to see him getting his shit figured out but retelling, but having having Jake Johnson's Spider-Man having gone through a real life as Spider-Man, you got to have your cake and eat it too. I got to have my mature, grown-up Spider-Man who's seen some shit and is like, just watch, now he's going to say, you only have 24 hours. And then sure enough, he yep. says, it. Oh, that's what they always say. Yep, um, yep. But you they, know. Were, they were very tongue-in-cheek, I felt like, with a lot of their their typical lines. Right. I felt like they were like we're we're painfully aware of how like the great res- I think they made like so- the illusion of the great with great power comes great responsibility. They're like, don't even say that. Yeah, don't you say those <laughs> words to me. Yeah, exactly. And, and having think- Aunt May be like Aunt May two point in mm-hmm. this with Lily Tomlin, such a dream. Perfect casting there. There was very little that I didn't like about this movie. What didn't um, you like, though? Tell me what you didn't like. Let's rewrite a little bit of this. Yeah, I'm not going to say there's anything that I outright disliked. Nothing made me groan. Um, there's just some little tweaks that are all, that I would do that are all just in service of sequel land. 
Um, so for example, the Prowler, we've talked about this. Yes. While killing him off now gives some motivation. I thought that that relationship was a little underdeveloped um, comparatively in the film because they were doing so much work on the relationship with his father. Spoiler alert. The Prowler is Uncle Aaron. Agreed. Spoiler Uncle alert. Ar- Uncle Aaron, who who uh, portrayed in, if you've only seen Spider-Man Homecoming, portrayed by Donald Glover. Yeah. And as I'm sure anyone listening to this knows, Donald Glover saying, why couldn't I be Spider-Man, is what prompted the creation of Miles Morales in the Ultimates Universe comic line to replace Peter Parker as Spider-Man after he dramatically died, much like in this in this film. Um, but in the comics version, Miles finds out his uncle's the Prowler, and it's a tenuous back and forth for a long time between his cop dad and his supervillain uncle as to which, you know, being okay with breaking the law and doing things that are not wholly within the law while still trying to do what's right and pursuing justice. And he kind of comes out a little bit, you know, like the true vigilante right in the middle. Can you say vigilante again? Vigilante. Vigilante. Sorry, I just need Like to a make... vigilante. Um because of the pressure he gets from both sides of seeing two men who've lived two very different lives, but taking the truth of each one. Sometimes you have to work outside the law. Truth and justice are something worth fighting for. Like he really is the product of both of these men. And by killing the prowler early, A, we eliminate that tension for him in a future film. And my rewrite would be in the Spider-Man Homecoming, in the Spider-Man Homecoming, the Spider Into the Spider-Verse sequel, you kill the Prowler, and you could have a line of, "Well, my, you know, my uncle died. I guess I'm a real Spider-Man now." I didn't even think about that. Right, and they didn't Yo, talk bro. about that. He's in the Dead Uncle Club, um, but it. I would have I would have liked if Prowler made the decision to not kill him and then he got away and then he just like packed up his apartment and was like he was like gone so that he could come back in the sequel. I would have I would have changed that and I would have um given just a shade more play to Miles's mom. Just a shade. Just like one more little thing. Yeah, like a I phone liked call. her. That's she it. did a great job. I would say I I agree with you fully on these things. We've discussed this. This isn't news. Um I would have cut out Green Goblin. We've done it. Mm. I'm over it. And like the thing is, at that beginning point, there were just kind of too many side bads. Mm-hmm. And then it was sort of I was thinking about it in that I was trying to explain it. And realize that for a person who doesn't know the Spider-Man comics, it just was a lot to explain to someone, like, why there were all these different people. I think Kingpin, ultimately, I was, I told you I was crazy critical about having King uh, Kingpin I'd come back. Fisk is the main bad in Daredevil. And I think Vincent D'Onofrio does a great job. Liev Schreiber, I think, did a really good job as the voice. Um, and I think, ultimately, you made a really great point. Who would bend like this, like universes and 
and all of this to get back to their loved ones him he's irrational and crazy and on the spectrum in like a crazy severe way uh and no he's completely illogical but uh my other thing and i this is recent i would have liked they gave great casting for mary jane with zoe kravitz Mm -hmm. give her something yeah make her less of a pawn make her a role like doesn't have to be a big thing but just make it so that in that huge hall when there's a lot up at for like there's a lot at stake that she senses something about this Jake Johnson version of Peter Parker that she does something to help with their mission right. like whether it be like tackle a guard or to like turn the lights out if it if need be like just something I got that it I got, you got it, it? For you. you got the rewrite? She, in the midst of the mass evacuation of the building, she gets escorted out by Miles's father, but mm-hmm. they take the elevator down and end up in the lab. And while Fisk is beating the shit out of Miles Morales, mm-hmm. he says, I killed one Spider-Man. I can't wait to kill another. And she hears that. She witnesses that. So she knows. And after he takes his hit, Miles, you know, comes back and is going to fight him again. But he almost gets taken out one more time. And you give Mary Jane a moment where she can press a button or push some debris or chuck something and say, hey, Fisk, or whatever. Like, give her a moment. Give her her a moment. Yeah. You killed my husband. And that's the thing is, like, Mary Jane, you gave Gwen Stacy some great moments. Right. Give Mary Jane a moment because you don't cast some, and I know they're going to bring her back. Like obviously right. they'll bring her back. That you do not give someone like Zoe Kravitz a role at this point. Like she is having a great build at this point. She's got the she had the X Men franchise. She's been in fantastic. She was in Fantastic Beasts. You know, like she's got it. Like you don't give her a scene to talk. Mm-hmm. Like you don't. Like you give her more. And I think Mary Jane is you want to see why this other version of Peter would fight for her. Right. Like, beyond right. having kids and that argument and all of right. that, what what makes this person, and not to, to quote my favorite movie from high school, what makes the juice worth the squeeze? Bananas offensive comment, but what makes it, like, why is this the, the, um, the focus of attention of our hero. Right. And I think she she deserves something better. I think I'm on a huge, like, tangent after seeing Aquaman because I have so many things I want to talk to you about, about Aquaman. I'm not going to. I feel like it's I'm, I'm quoting Alexander Hamilton. I'm not stupid. Um, he said it was stupid. I'm not stupid. I have things to, quote, uh, to tell you about Aquaman. I'm not going to tell you. Um... But yeah, I I want that representation for her. I I have hope in a sequel that she will found Parker Industries. I think is, she will. Which is I think is a worthwhile thing that Miles could eventually have a uh, an internship at or something. I will say that while I understand not wanting Green Goblin at the beginning, I'm so glad that a they went with Hulked out Endgame 
Ultimates Universe Green Goblin instead of another freaking oh, person yeah. you, playing fair, fair. Norman Osborn. I'm over it. Um, and that they killed him right away. Like they, it's it's like they give they give us the staples, the things that they know are Spider Man y, but like, then they twist this. it just a, enough. Like my favorite tweak they did was a female was, Doc Ock. I was about to say, was it Doc Ock? Because Doc Ock was legit. I didn't she think they could tell Alfred awesome. Molina. But yeah. Catherine Hahn, you perfect. are perfect. Everything. Oh, great. And when great. she Lives d- here. pulls her hair up, pulls all those dreads up, <clears throat> and she looks more octopusy, oh, just, it was great. She like, was fantastic. Best character design, I think, in the whole movie. I agree. I think she was my surprise. Um, I know we're kind of yeah. going a little off of our regular thing. I think because we both liked it, it's a little trickier. I would say she is my, she's my Aquafina from Ocean's Eight. Like that hmm. was she, like where she was like just that something that just was such a pleasant surprise when I heard her voice in the video. I was like, oh how great! It's Catherine Hahn. Like I right? love her. She's adorable, and I just I root for her as a human being ever since When a Day with Tad Hamilton slash How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. Guys, watch it. <laughs> watch an OG Catherine Hahn because she is delightful. Like this is pre Step Brothers Catherine Hahn. She's great. Um, but yeah, she does an amazing job. I think Lee Schreiber carries his role well, but you know, I I think not to be a dick, but it could have been the voice of pretty much any deep deep voiced white guy. Deep voiced white guy, yeah. I I I think I honestly as as weird as it sounds, I kind of would have liked Adam Scott to do it. Cuz huh having cuz he can do a deep voice but having him and Catherine Hahn as <laughs> these like people that work together because they've worked together so much i mean i brought up step brothers they're in that together yeah. but like they i mean they've done so much stuff together and they play off each other really w- well but and i get that you want that seriousness to like offset a lot of it but i kind of would have liked that i um, i but yeah i could see that i could see that so since we don't have as many rewrites Let's yeah. pitch the sequel. So, oh goodness! Yeah, I want to throw you a little curveball because normally, oh my gosh, we have... you're just throwing me under a bus here. I, am. I mean, this is tricky. It can this just be a tricky. wish list. You don't have to give me the play by play. Um, well, you're gonna do better than me, so I'll obviously go first because I know this. Um, particularly when when it comes to comic book uh, based film, you always do be- a little bit better than me, if not a lot better than me. Things I would like. Obviously, we had an allusion to uh, some other, some other dimension Spider-Man's with Oscar Isaac. A nice little tease, um, and mm-hmm. I would like to go into that and have him sort of have him go, uh, have him be doing some sort of reconnaissance or something. Uh, maybe like there is some weird dimensional malfunction and a bad comes in and he is trying to like figure out where this guy belongs and then he the first universe he goes to is Gwen Stacy's and like she like realizes that he doesn't go there but she's uh, and he's like who do we go to and she's like well I know who I want to help us and it's it's you know Miles and brings Miles in, but the actual universe he belongs in is is uh, is Jake Johnson's. 
and mm-hmm. then but we get to see like Jake Johnson is like reformed and he's like living his life has a kid with MJ like they're living a really happy life and he has to like make the call if he's going to suit back up and like be and if he can juggle this idea of being this Spider-Man but also being the guy that MJ wanted and being a partner and being a I father. I like those stakes. Yeah, so I like the stakes for that. And uh, I think I think that would be, I want to bring Oscar Isaac into it. As much as Oscar Isaac crazy disappointed me this, this year, I'll talk about <laughs> this, guys, in our 2018 recap and the worst movie I've ever seen in my life beyond Dr. T and the Women. Um... Like, seriously, guys, I just, I, 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 I don't have words for life itself, but I want, I want to give Oscar Isaac a chance. I want to give him another chance. He fucked up Apocalypse. I mean, actually, to be fair, he was, he was clearly uncomfortable. There were way too many prosthetics on him, and, like, I don't, I, they, they set him up for failure there. And then You just movie, go full CGI. You just go full CGI. Yeah, you do. I, after seeing Aquaman, it's doable. It is Spend doable. Spend the money. Like, um... So yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I I've been I've been disappointed since Ex Machina, and yeah. I think I think he he has the chops. So give it to him. Let's do it. And uh, yeah, I, those are my stakes. Dan, what's your what's your your sequel? So I would piggyback on um, what you just said and go with the Spider Man. 2099 angle as well because he is the first spider-man who's going to willingly hop between dimensions so we have him assemble a little team and it's not quite the same team as we had this time i would say we get miles and gwen and i would ditch spider-man noir just he's fun but i i think the team's gonna get too big so we could we could take all the original need, gang and they have you to like. You need at least one. You need one right. comic relief. But yeah, I mean, you need we at least one. I'd say keep Spider Man, Spider Ham, and and drop Spider Noir. Um, mm-hmm. But and keep Penny Parker. I, I enjoyed her. Um, she was but really. Then they she pick was up, a surprise. I liked her. Yeah, she was. She was cute. She was fun, and her relationship <laughs> with her spider was was enjoyable. Um, so this is credit where credit is due. When I got out of the movie, Austin turned to me and said, you know, I hope they, they do more with this. I'd like to see them bring in something like Spectacular Spider-Man um, or Superior Spider-Man. And I was like, that's an idea. So Superior Spider-Man you know is what? when, and Austin, you know this. Say what you want. Austin is not is not worthless. He's no dummy. He's no dummy. He has ideas that sometimes work. Hashtag banter feud. Um, Austin idea gave me the springboard i was like so they pick up an additional spider-man who is ruthlessly tactile tactic just very specific almost militarily precise spider-man and it is a third act reveal that he's been the villain this whole time he is the superior spider-man which is when doc ock's brain was in peter parker's body and he lived the life of Spider-Man, but he was the superior Spider-Man with added tech and gadgets. And he went after bad guys in a much more ruthless and systematic like Batman, the Dark Knight Returns style. And it's a really good run and it's a really interesting comic. And if you're going to do multiple Spider-Men, he's a great one to bring in that I think 
could structure the whole thing beautifully and to take Miles out of Brooklyn, out of his universe and these other Spider-Men along for the ride and then have one of their own Spider-Men be the villain, I think is the kind of twist that just enough people could see coming where there there could be a slight murmur, but not enough people are going to see coming that they're like, what? And then you can have him do the comic book style origin thing for this Spider-Man. And then once the reveal happens, they go back and do it again, but they peel away the cover. They like rip the cover away. And now it says the superior Spider-Man and they show that that famous cover and they tell you the real origin of the character. So so question though, I, this is like immediately rushing through my mind when you started talking about the superior Spider-Man. Who's going to voice that? Hmm. Who would be the superior Spider-Man? Because I have kind of a thought. Oh, you could do uh you could do what the one thing I thought was missing from this movie and get Toby Maguire. Toby Maguire? Yes. Especially I'm since totally... it's meta commentary oh on how God, you so know the, the franchise got wrecked. It. Yeah, it'd be God. perfect. God, we're never gonna have any issues when we write screenplays together. It gives nope. me hope for next year when we're gonna rewrite my book and do a screenplay. Absolutely. <sighs> um, also, if there's ever a new like Wonder Twins, I feel like you and I would be really good Wonder Twins yeah. <laughs> with our turquoise rings. <laughs> No, Tobey Maguire as the Superior Spider-Man Toby is perfect Tobey Maguire casting. as Superior Spider-Man would mm-hmm. be legit. Or if you want to be like weird about it, like it's it's uh, it's meta in a in a really roundabout pop culture way. Have Charlie Sheen do it cuz <gasps> Martin Sheen was Uncle Ben, but Charlie Sheen just has an evil voice. I don't know if you can put Charlie Sheen in a big budget movie. But maybe animation. I mean, I don't That's know. Maybe where you could. I don't know anymore. You could at least where, afford to insure him. If we can find him, we might be able to. Um, okay, so Dan, let's end this with our highlight, our low light, and foundation and blush. <laughs> you are so married. <laughs> my my low point for this one was was definitely. Uh, the death of the Prowler was Uncle Aaron's death. And it was too too soon, and it was while it was emotional. Ah, uh, I wanted to just save it. I wanted, I really wanted them to not blow their wad too soon there. Um, and then my okay. highlight was the Stan Lee cameo. I cried. Yeah, that was really that was really beautiful. I didn't even think about that because I'm a yeah. vulnerable human. My low light was that Miles's roommate got no real introduction mm-hmm. like no real story like i mean they made him seem sort of ned-esque well that's because um, ned is gonk-esque and gonk is is the character that is miles roommate at school and they kind of they stole that and gave it to peter parker in spider-man homecoming which i think is why they had to well no and we talked about that but i was sad that they didn't give him the credit and i felt like it was they were giving him the not giving him the credit because of that and Mm -hmm. i don't feel like that's fair and but i mean that's me being a teacher that's not fair (laughs) um but it is a it is a fair critique of it yeah forget it forget it adair it's spider-verse um uh and my highlight honestly Lily Tomlin is uh, Aunt May. 
she had just some legit moments. She is, dare I say it, too legit to quit. Uh, just like you, me and you even talked about it. Like the like, oh great, lives here. <laughs> just yep. she has great moments. Uh, and she was just awesome voice casting. She can voice act mm-hmm. like a like a mofo, and I loved it. Um, Dan, what would your alternate title for this be? Spider Man, colon, Merry Christmas, Dan. <laughs> it felt like a Christmas present just for me. It was for me. Uh, <laughs> Uh, mine was, I went old school theater with this. I thought you'd appreciate it because we had a plethora of Peter Parker's slash Porkers. Um, Spider-Man, colon, the importance of being Miles. Uh, Bravo, bravo. Thank you. Um, but I got to say, probably my favorite line in the entire movie is when Spider-Man Noir is there and they're like, wait, they're... He's, it's windy. We're in a cave. Why is it windy? He's like, <laughs> wherever windy? I go, the wind goes. And that wind smells like rain. Nicholas Cage, man. I love that he can make fun of himself a little bit. Like, mwah. Beautiful. I think I think my favorite line was when, um, was when uh, Peter Porker, Spider-Ham, turned around and reverse swan dived and said, that's all, folks. And then Peter B. Parker said, wait, can he say that? Like, legally (laughs) Uh, oh god i love it i love there were some great like moments where it was just they they were meta but like not overly meta it wasn't like scream for meta right it was just like it was the right amount i mean not that there's a right amount of meta but it was the right amount of meta. tastefully meta it was tastefully Tastefully meta meta, which is my uh tell my sex tape um (laughs) so damn (sighs) let's talk we're gonna we're going to be back real soon, right? Right? right. We're going to come back real soon. We're not going to give people like a month between movies. Hey. And we're going to talk about 2018 and how much it sucked and how much Yay. we loved certain things. All right. So we're going we're gonna to be back real soon, guys, because we're mm-hmm. going to talk about 2018, what worked, what didn't work. We're going to do an Oscar podcast soon. Yeah. Um, but uh, we might talk about Aquaman. We better if, talk about Aquaman. I mean, we need to talk about Arthur. Uh, but I have feelings, dude. And I, 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 my feelings are connected to where D, the DC and Marvel cinematic universes are going. And I want to talk to you about it because you are a man. And I think that you need to hear the opinion of a woman about these things. Um, well, as you know, Adair, I live a, a life that is free of the opinions of women. So I welcome it. <laughs> So, yeah, no, I definitely, you were not raised in a family predominantly of women, and you are not married to a very independent and strong and intelligent woman. So, Dan, do you have any, uh, before before we podcast again, before the new year, do you have any recommendations for me? I do indeed. Um, I would like, because it is all out now, to recommend... And this is going to sound like bullshit, but um, I'd like to recommend Bird Box on Netflix. Yeah, yeah BuzzFeed keeps telling me that uh, so I need to watch Bird Box. I think keep two things in mind when you watch it. As a writer, I want you to pay attention to the pace. Mm-hmm. 
and the, the structure because I think it's really fucking well done. Their pacing is perfect. The end is good, not great. And yeah, I heard it like it's it's trying to wrap up a lot of stuff and right. it's sort it, of it like... leaves no room for a sequel. It feels very contained, like a one time thing that I honestly enjoyed because we've gotten so far away from that just as movie viewers. Uh yeah, I would recommend Bird Box and I would say give yourself the time to watch it at night, you know, and just have a glass of wine or three and just enjoy yourself. So bird box, okay, good. I like it. I'm down. I'll do it. And what's your recommendation to me, miss? Uh, a Christmas Prince Royal Engagement. Um, no. No, 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 no. But I haven't um, watched Kissing Booth yet. No, I am kidding. I actually have a podcast to recommend to you, which I don't think has happened in a really long time. So, Dan, I started listening to a podcast, and... I would state that it has changed a lot of my thinking about certain things. Like, I I definitely just think I have a little bit more of an objective point of view of things because of this podcast. And bear with me. I'm going to give you a synopsis of it. It is called Armchair Expert. And the host is Dax Shepard. And I will say I wasn't a huge Dax Shepard fan. Like, I like him fine. I love his little cameos, like, in The Good Place and stuff like that. I think he's fine. He's a, His kind of comedy has never just been my style. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is a really well-thought-out premise. They have – they what they do a really great collection of actors, comedians, people who have been in his history, his mom, his wife – uh, who is Kristen Bell, for those of you who don't know. But then he also has experts come on, like uh, really, like a uh, writing expert. Like he has David Sedaris come on as a writing expert. He has uh, Sam Harris come. He he has moral psychology uh, professionals come on. It's It's very interesting. And what I like about him is he can play devil's advocate, which I appreciate. But right, also, right. the first episode I listened to was I was listen- He had a good place week, and so I was I I went on because I I was really just wanting to listen to people talk about the good place. Like, to be honest, and he had Ted Danson, Mike Schur, Darcy Carden, and Kristen Bell all in one week. Um, why? Because he is married to the star of that show, but uh. Then I just went, I kind of backpedaled into, like, Catherine Hahn does a great episode. Adam Scott, Ashton Kutcher, like, he has his mom in an episode. But then he also has, like, so the first episode ever that where he has a, ho- where he has a guest is uh, Kristen Bell. And they are in an argument during this podcast. <laughs> and it is one of the best things I've ever listened to because you – they do make a good point of like people see them as this couple and they're like, oh, they have everything worked out. But they constantly are working through some sort of dialogue. And I loved that. And being a psychology major, like there was something that was just perfect about that to me. And David Sedaris, another great episode. He has Ellen DeGeneres on at one point. Like, he has all these different people on. And, like, he and Amy Schumer have, like, actually, like, a legitimately uncomfortable conversation when because Dak Shepard, like, guys, not to, like, belittle the mood. Dak Shepard was molested as a kid. And Amy Schumer makes a comment that she thinks 
not I'm I'm paraphrasing, but basically that it's worse for women than it is for men. And they get in a disagreement and ultimately they come to like I guess off cam- off audio they come to like some sort of discussion and they're okay. But like it's like uncomfortable. Oof. But like that's life because you don't always agree with someone about it. And me mm-hmm. and you have been in those places where we haven't always seen eye to eye about things because of our very different points of view from d- different things. Like me and you. Yeah, you honestly, wouldn't guess by listening to us talk about movies, but we do disagree on stuff. Well, a like lot. Dan and I are, are, we had different ways that we were brought up and we love each other and we respect each other, but we don't always agree on things together. And like sometimes it gets a little bit more like, emotionally driven than other times sometimes we're just like ah, yeah whatever it's comic books or whatever but like sometimes it's not um and it was a very interesting topic and i you know it was it was just super like it was it was not to say it was like a watching a train wreck and like watching something be on fire but it kind of felt like that a little bit. Ooh. But also I like wanted them to work it out. I don't know. It was very Maybe I'll like that train wreck more than I liked her movie train wreck. <laughs> Maybe you will. Uh, but yeah, it's the only episode I can't listen to is Lena Dunham's. Well, that's Because I will stay. I can't, I can't deal with her anymore. Like I'm or, just I think, done. I think I'm a lot of people are just done with Dunham. Yeah, they're done. Um. Um. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that's what I gotta recommend you to, uh, like, recommend to you. Like, I have recommended it to so many people. Uh, it is so good, though. Like, I wouldn't have anticipated it. I would have like been like, oh, this is kind of silly, like, whatever. I learn a lot, and it has altered how I handle certain situations. Wow. Because like, there's some really interesting and intricate dynamics that, like, I just haven't thought of. And that's why I've been like, like hitting myself on the head trying to not tell you about it, but like being like, we need to podcast so I can fucking recommend this podcast to you. <laughs> so that's what I got said for you. The, that's that my was the whitest millennial thing you've ever said. I mean, no, I'm pretty sure it isn't because I was a liberal arts major at University of Montana and we went to school together. I'm pretty sure the whitest thing I ever said to you was, here, Dan, these are the artisanal truffles I made you. Yeah, that's pretty white. <laughs> it was, I mean, you were drunk at the time, so I don't feel like it, it fell on deaf ears. You just ate the chocolate. Um, Probably. But uh, jokes on you because you're vegan now and that was a lot of cream. God. Yeah. Um, well, Dan... I love you. Oh, before we go, you know what I should have called this? I should have called this movie Spider-Man, The Wrath of Catherine Hahn. Oh! Or just The Wrath of Han. The Wrath of Han, but I had to tie it back in. You do a parenthesis. The Wrath of Han. Catherine. Okay, somebody out there draw me a picture of Catherine Hahn as Khan. Okay, you heard it. Our viewers, all six of you. You get on it. Our viewers. Why do I say viewers? They're not viewing us. They should Our be. Our listeners. I'm sorry. Well, if they were, then they'd see my dope pinky ring. We will see you guys in 2019. Well, we'll you'll hear us. We, we will um, never yeah, see Yeah, we're not going to see you guys. Yeah. Please, God. Please. I don't love you anymore.
a secret weapon production.